Welcome to this week's podcast from Suncoast Church. We hope that this message inspires you and helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. For more details, check out suncoast.org.au. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, it's so good to be here tonight. Come on, let's give Jesus a huge shout of praise. Come on, how good is he? And uh, man, that was, uh, that was quite the introduction. Someone leant forward and told me, actually, he said that about the last preacher this morning as well. So, praise the Lord. Anyway, I'll take it. I'll take it. No, I'm playing. Well, hey, so good to have you at church tonight. And uh, man, how good is it to spend your Sunday night together in community? And uh, hey, I just, I'm just really grateful uh, to be with your pastors. Well, do you love your pastors? Are they awesome? Yeah, I like these guys. I've known them for some time. I actually knew uh, Pastor Jono before he was even dating Chloe. This is how far back it goes. And uh, man, it's so good. It's so good. I've never seen arranged marriages work, but it looks like it is. And I'm so grateful for that. So come on, it has to be arranged. Look at it. Anyway, so <laughs> I'm playing. Well, um, <laughs> so um, hey, if you're new to church, again, as, uh, as mentioned already, we're so grateful you're with us. And um, the beautiful thing I love about uh, church is that this is not about, uh, despite popular opinion, this is not a place where uh, just good people gather on Sunday. How many people know that? Like, this is a, that's not actually it. If anything, um, this is a place where a lot of people get together and actually celebrate how good God is. Know how good we are. So that's why we're not a place of judgment or condemnation. No, because each and every one of us truly are a work in progress. We've all got our stuff where, come on, we're journeying through. Uh, put your hand up at the person next to you is a work in progress, right? And okay, cool. Yeah, so yeah, there you go. If that was a new person, then forgive me. Um, but, but we are, we are. And, and what I love about God is that God, um, He recognizes we're all on a different journey. We're all on a different journey. So I don't know what your journey is. I don't, maybe you're here tonight and this is totally new to you. Uh, that, that, we're so grateful that you're with us. Well, maybe um, you've just taken the early steps of faith or maybe you've been doing this for a long time. What I love about God is that God actually doesn't expect us all to arrive at the same place at the same time. And, and what He wants to do, however, is encourage us every time we gather through this or through uh, groups of group gatherings throughout the week or whatever it is, it's really that we would just take one more step further in our faith journey. Just one more step. So tonight I'm hoping just to help you take one more step. Is that cool? And, and, and maybe if your night's the night where, hey, I actually want to finally trust God with my life. Well, I hope I can help you in that step as well. Uh, but either way, we're just so grateful that you're with us. And uh, there is a rumor about the PM service of Suncoast. Did you know this? There's a rumor. It's going around. I'm telling you. It's a rumor. It's on Facebook, uh, Instagram. There's even traces of it on MySpace. Um, there's, there's a rumor, yeah, that the PM crowd of Suncoast is actually the most verbi- verbally engaging service out of any, any, it's a rumor. Anyway, so, um, <laughs> okay, I promise you, hey, the more you get into it just a little bit more tonight, like if, if I say something remotely good, a tiny bit good, you know, un poquito good, that's Spanish, just a little bit good, um, then feel free to say like, amen, if you want it, that's a cool thing. Or you can say, like, that's great. Thank you. Even, even like sporadic claps. I'm cool with those. Okay. But I promise the more, <laughs> that was very sporadic. Anyway, so, uh, but I, I promise you this, the more you get into it, uh, the quicker I'm going to speak. Okay, here we go. Four and a half hours. Get ready for it. Um, so, so here's what I want to share with you tonight. Okay, um, we're going to come around a book in the Bible called Colossians. It's written by a guy called Paul the Apostle. Uh, if, you're, if you're unfamiliar with church or the whole idea of the books of the Bible, Paul uh, was, a, was a pretty bad man once upon a time. He was once called Saul. He has this radical encounter with God. It changes his life forever from once being a hater of Christians, church, everything to do with Jesus, to now being one of the biggest advocates of the church 
of the person of Christ. He then writes most of the New Testament letters and plants a lot of the New Testament churches. Now, what happens is he writes to um, this, this book called Colossians, written to a church in Colossae. He writes basically because he wants to, um, he wants to set the record straight on a few things. And this is where we're going to pick up this letter. So if you haven't got your, if you got your Bibles with you, now, if you haven't got a Bible, it's all good. We're going to put it up on and the screens up here. Uh, if not, um, what I'm going to get you to do is you can fool 99% of preachers that you brought a Bible to church. If you just lean forward, pretend to get something from your feet. Are you ready? Can you try this right now? Why don't you just grab your Bibles with me right now? Okay, yep, good. Oh, dear Jesus, that's a lot of people. Wow. That was like resetting a huge game of guess who. But anyway, so, so, so basically... Um, Paul, Paul writes this, uh, this letter to the church in Colossae, and, and, and basically here's what he's doing. If I could put it to you this way, um, when I, 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 two weekends ago, uh, I actually celebrated 17 years of marriage. It's pretty cool. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that was, that, you, that's pretty big. That's a big achievement. And, uh, and, and so 17 years of married, uh, a marriage. And, 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 but when we got married, when we put on our, um, our gift registry, okay? So if you're going to get married one day uh, and you have a gift, a gift registry, the best thing you can do is put the most expensive item you can on that registry and test who your real friends are. Right? And so I put on there, this is 17 years ago, I put on a 52-inch plasma TV. Now, you can buy them at Audi now for like $2, but, but back then, that was an expensive item. And so I, I put it on there, and guess what? My friends chipped in, and, and, and we got the 52-inch plasma TV. And so we put it in our house. Now, when we put it in our house, our little kind of granny flat on the northern beaches of Sydney, and we actually didn't have an aerial point. Okay, this is how, everyone's like, bro, you are... You're older than you look. Like, that, what the heck? Now, this, this, okay, we didn't have an aerial point. It was just this granny flat, makeshift granny flat. And, and so um, uh, we had to get what they call a rabbit ear antenna. How many people are familiar with rabbit ear antennas? Give me a little wave. How many people do not know what that is? Put that up. Okay, there's all the millennials. Okay, so basically, um, a rabbit ear antenna was this, is that you would plug it in the back of your TV and these two antennae would stick up and you would kind of have to manipulate them to find the picture or the reception that you were trying to find. Now, now this was quite an intricate thing to do because um, you would have to change it. Almost every channel, you would have to change the rabbit ear antenna. So my wife on Friday night, she desperately wants to watch Better Homes and Gardens or something, which I think is going to be played on repeat in hell. But anyway, it's not a big deal. And so, so she says, um, I want you to kind of stand there and fiddle with it till, like, till you get the clear picture. So I finally do it and I get the picture clear and, she, and I can't even leave the rabbit ear antenna. I have to stay there just in case it goes wrong. Like she would be watching it and don't, just stop, just stop. Okay, okay. I stay still the whole time. Okay. Then someone tells me about two weeks later, do you realize you can actually get um, what they call a HD set top box, which back then was a big deal which you could plug it straight into your TV and it would give you what they call high definition HD, right? Back then, especially. And, and so I'm like, tell me where this box is. I must have it. And so I ran down to Kmart. I didn't even, I didn't even drive. I ran to Kmart. I got it. I, I brought it home, plugged it in uh, to find that it created what it promised, the highest definition picture. Now, I say all this to say this, okay? Um, basically, what Paul is trying to do through the book of Colossians is up until that point, people have had a rabbit ear antenna idea of who God was. Sometimes it's clear. Sometimes it's distorted. Sometimes I get him. Sometimes I don't. And every now and then I try and fiddle with it and fix it, but it gets disordered sometimes. Clears. Has anyone else's faith journey been like, like that a little bit, right? So just trying to figure it out. And Paul says, no, I want to make it super clear. I want to show you the, the, reason for, the reason why God loves you, the reason why God is for you. It's actually called or the person called Jesus Christ. And I want to present him to you in the highest definition. 
And that's what Paul's trying to do through Colossians. So as you talk about what God is like series, I want to share this because I believe this letter can help us to understand what God's like. Anyone else want to know? Okay, here we go. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1. Paul, he, he, um, he assumes that a lot of people reading this are, are familiar with church. And so if you are unfamiliar with church, I'll unpackage this as clearly as I can. But what he says is this. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, watch this, set your... Oh, you're allowed to yell out in church. It's all good. It's, it's, you know, but no one wants to be that one guy who yells out the wrong thing. You know, set your Moses. Like, no one wants to be that one joker who yells out the wrong thing, okay? But it's all good because it's on the screen. Ready? Set your sights, your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in a place of honor at God's right hand. Think about these things. Everyone say think. Okay, so think about these things of heaven, not things earth. And then it seems strangely like it gets morbid, but all package this is quite beautiful. He says, listen, for you, yeah, someone was brave over there. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so good. For you, what? You, you died to this life. You died to it. When you say yes to Christ, I'll unpackage this. You died to this life. And guess what? Your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Tonight, I want to talk to you from the topic for all those people that are taking notes and want to go to heaven. Would you write this down? I want you to put this down, okay? That was a joke. Don't panic. Quick, give me a pen. It's all good. I'm playing. Ready? Um, I want to talk to you around the idea of this. A perception problem. A perception problem. A perception problem. And I have one big point I want to make tonight because I figure um, that often sometimes in church, you sit and you hear a lot of information and and sometimes you get what I call um, Christian amnesia. Do you know what I'm talking about for the Christians out there? you walk out of church and you bump into that person who didn't come to church. I'm like, oh my gosh, how was tonight? Was it good? You're like, oh, it was amazing. What did they preach about? And you're like, oh, Jesus, right? Yeah, because it's just the easiest answer, right? So, so I try and do this. I try and narrow it down just to one, one point that starts as, as, as a monologue, me talking to you, but becomes a dialogue maybe throughout the week. Okay, so you ready for this? My big point is this. Um, maybe, just maybe, the problem isn't the place you are at Maybe the problem is the perception you have. One more time. Maybe the problem isn't necessarily the place you're at. Maybe the problem is the perception you have, your perception. So let's pray and let's ask God to really help us as we unpackage this thought and deal with really our perception problems. Lord, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for everything you're doing in the midst of this community, God. I thank you that as we gather, there's something special about it. Um, that we get to encourage one another and we get to uh, love one another. But also I pray for those tonight who are new to all this, let them above everything else we talk about tonight, let them realize that they are so loved by you, that this was a divine setup to have them in this space so that they would not just hear about your love, but ultimately experience it. So tonight we make space for you. God, we give you a blank canvas. Would you help us to understand you better? We give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. How many people have ever heard this statement before? Um, Your perception is your reality or perception is reality. Your perception is extremely important. Would you agree? If that statement is true or if that statement has an element of truth, wouldn't it be really, really um, uh, studious of us to make sure we we have the right perceptions in life? If my perception is forming my reality, then man, I got to make sure my perceptions are correct. Some of us are living in the result of a misperception. And that misperception is forming your reality. Okay, so, so, so let me see. Your, your perceptions are so strong. Um, let me t- put it to you this way. Um, uh, your perception has the ability not only just to dictate your reality, but it actually dictates your actions. 
The way you think will eventually become the way you act. That's how important and how powerful your thoughts are. I'll put it to you this way. Um, many, many years ago, um, me and my wife, Alana, before we had kids, now I have three beautiful kids now. I have a 12-year-old boy. I have twin girls that are seven. Uh, I, I love my kids. They're amazing. But when we got married, we decided instead of... Um, uh, we had like a game plan for our kids, right? So when we, we had a five-year plan before we had kids and we thought, let's, in that five-year plan, let's make sure we do all the fun things we want to do with our kids before we have kids so we can enjoy it. No, serious. That's what was, that was our plan. Let's go and do all the fun things that we're going to do with the kids, but let's do it before we have kids so we can actually enjoy the moment. So, so we decided before we have kids, um, let's go to a place we want to take them one day. That's right. Let's go to Disneyland. Come on, how many Disneyland fans, right? I love Disneyland. Yeah, yeah, cool. Claps for Disneyland. So, so we go to Disneyland. You walk, I love Disneyland. You walk in, like there's music, play, like automatically you feel like a princess. Like it's beautiful, right? And so as we walk in, this is so long ago, I have a camcorder. Does anyone know what a camcorder is, right? Okay, before there was iPhones, there was actually a, a device you had to film on separate to a phone. And so I'm filming, just caught up in the moment. There's, a, there's actually a Snow White castle at Disneyland, and there's a robotic witch that comes to the window and pulls back the curtains. And, and I'm filming, and I like to commentate when I film, so I zoom in on the witch. My mother-in-law's name is Loretta. And so I zoom in, I'm like, oh, Loretta, what are you doing here? Right? Okay, so <laughs> now, the interesting part about... The interesting part about filming is that whatever you say is also captured. And so when we went home to go and watch that video with the rest of the extended family, there's a witch on the screen and you hear my voice, oh, Loretta, what are you doing here? She, she got at me and I, get back, scorpion woman. Anyway, so we, we, go, uh, we go through this whole tour um, uh, of Disneyland. We go to a ride that I'd never been on before. This ride was actually, uh, it was called A Bug's Life in 4D. So let me preface this by telling you, up until that point in my life, 22 years I was when we went there, I had never been to a 3D film before, never been to one, let alone a 4D film. And so we walk into A Bug's Life in 4D. There's a theater very much like this, and the light's kind of dim, a voice comes over the whole thing. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. I'm like, oh, okay, great. So we sit down, we take our seats, then the voice comes back. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the bugs. I'm like, the bugs? What are you talking? And as I'm sitting there, you feel something crawl underneath your bottom. Like, you do it like this. So I'm like, oh, I like stand up. I look at the old lady next to me. I'm like, stop it, right? So, yeah, crazy. We have this 3D glasses on. Again, how many people know perception is reality, right? So as we are sitting there, again, never been to one before, never seen anything like it, that the show starts and a three-dimensional cartoon butterfly flies into the auditorium. I see it. I'm like, what, what is that? I look at my wife. I'm like, just making sure, is everyone else seeing this? Like, wh- wh- what's happening? And the butterfly flies in and it stops and it stands, it's right, starts flapping right in front of my face. And I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I'm like, I grab my wife. I'm like, babe, can you believe this? She's like, what? I'm like, can you believe this? She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, what is it? Like 400 seats here? She's like, yeah. I'm like, I can't. I can't believe it. Of all the seats in the whole space, it stops right in front of my face. She looks at me, she's like, you're an idiot. I said, well, thanks, champ. I thought about taking up life coaching. Like, like she, she's like, you realize everyone is seeing exactly the same thing, don't you? I'm like, what? Way to spoil the magic, sweetheart. <laughs> okay, so but here's the thing. My perception was my reality. So, so again, just to come back to this whole point, 
Your perceptions are extremely powerful. Why? Because eventually they will dictate the way you act, the way you live, the way you do your life. Why? Because perception will become your reality. This is actually all throughout Scripture. I'm not trying to sound like some guru here, but the truth is your mind is extremely powerful. And the way God ultimately transforms your life, the Bible says in Romans 12, guess what? We are transformed by the renewing of our minds. In other words, the way God ultimately changes you, yes, He changes your relationship through Him through the work on the cross, but the transformation journey from that point on is actually one that starts in the the mind. Huh? He is ultimately trying to do a reboot of our perception. Because your reality up until this point, maybe just maybe has been a misperception. In other words, maybe the, maybe the problem isn't necessarily where you're at right now, geographically or physically. Maybe the problem is the perception you have. So, so Paul is saying, be careful what you think. Be careful what you think. I went to a place um, as a child. I went to this, um, it's this iconic place just outside of Sydney. It's actually called the Janolan Caves. Has anyone heard of the Janolan Caves? Okay. So the Janolan Caves are famous because when you go into them, you will actually see this. Let's put this up on the screen. This is a picture of Janolan Caves. And the reason why you can see already, it's this magical, mystical looking place. And I remember going there as a kid and I'm like, man, this is so fascinating. And I asked the tour guide, excuse me, miss, like, why, why is it like this? How did it form? She said, actually, it's, it's pretty simple, but it's quite intriguing. She said, what happened is that actually water dripped through the roof of the cave, dragging dirt, sediment from the top of the cave, and over literally hundreds of years of dragging down sediment, what was once just a tiny bit of soil, compiled upon another bit of soil, another bit of soil, and dragging it down, dragging it down, and what was once just tiny soil has now become a structural pillar inside the cave. And I started to have this thought, my goodness, isn't it so similar with our thought life, that the thing you are thinking about over and over and over and over, and you think, man, it's just a little thought, it's nothing too big, but guess what? The repeated thinking of that thought over and over and over again is actually forming the structures of your thought life, which in then ter- is actually your perception, which is dictating your reality. Your thinking is powerful. It's powerful. Now, I'm not here tonight just to talk about uh, like the power of thought, Intimacy, into me, I see. Like, no, I'm not talking about that. Okay, so this is not that. But I think it's really important that if you want to change your perception, the first thing you need to change is not necessarily the perception of you, but your perception of God. Your perception of God. I love this. There's a quote by a guy called Dr. E. Stanley Jones. He says it like this. Let's chuck this up on the screen. He actually says this. When we say we begin with God, guess what? We actually begin with our idea of God, and our idea of God is not God. Catch that. Instead, we ought to begin with God's idea of God, and God's idea of God is Christ. Can I, can I read that one more time? This is profound. When we say we begin with God, we actually begin with our idea. So you've walked into church, and maybe just maybe your thoughts of God has been something that even through maybe a religious experience as a kid, a parents, an uncle, a relative, that's how they, they portrayed God to you. And so now that's, well, that's, it's a man-made or a man-formed idea of God, but guess what? That is not God. He says, instead, if we're going to start with our idea of God, we actually begin with God's idea of God, and that is actually Christ. So ultimately what he's saying, he's not saying, hey, come to church, look at Christians, and they'll show you what God's like. Now, I love to tell you that's how it should be, and we should be living like that. But ultimately, the best thing you should be looking at is not necessarily other Christians or believers. No, you should be looking at Jesus. Okay? And the reason why some of you don't like church 
you have a bad idea of church or a wrong idea or a misperception of church, it's actually because you looked at someone who should be living the example of Christ. But guess what? They aren't Christ, so they can never fully live up to that example. Yes, we're on a pursuit. Yes, we're a work on in a work in progress. But ultimately, the idea we need to be looking at or the reality we need to be looking at is Jesus himself. Jesus himself. So Paul's he, he's trying to, he's almost like, um, I don't know if you're familiar with like old school computers, okay, for all those out there who remember the, the old alt control delete. Do you remember that? Yeah, okay. Paul is asking us to do an alt control delete on our perceptions of God to start again and make sure we start with a premise being Christ. He's saying start there. So again, if you're unfamiliar with church, you're, you're in for a treat here tonight because we're literally going to come back to, now we could, we could spend weeks and weeks and weeks on the idea of who is, who is God. And I love that C.S. Lewis said like, that, that trying to figure out God is like looking into a diamond. Every which way you turn it, there's a different aspect. There's a different perspective. So we can't fully grasp it. Even when you get to heaven, you won't fully grasp it, but we can give it a little try tonight. Just a little try. And what he says is, um, I don't necessarily want you through this particular portion of Galatians to say, um, I'm going to talk about the character of God. Instead, he says, I actually want to talk about, uh, about the, um, which is interesting, ready for this? I want you to talk about the posture of God, what God, what God is doing right now. So here's what he says. He says, um, since, you've, since you've actually been raised to Christ, in other words, if you have taken this Christian journey, he says, first things first, I want to change your perception about where God is right now. He says, set your mind on things above, above. And James, what the heck's that got to do with anything? So glad you asked. If I could put it to you this way, um, some of us, we, we struggle with the idea of God because we're like, does God actually see what I'm going through? Does he actually see it? Like if he is God, then God, are you, are you, are you asleep? Are you oblivious to my problems, my situation right now? And Paul is saying, uh, uh, that's, that's earthly thinking. Don't, don't stay in that place. He says, no, Christ, he, he's there. And guess what? He sees what you can't see. Okay, you're not with me. Ready? Um, I was flying into um, Melbourne uh, to go and speak somewhere a little while ago. And as I'm flying in, I'm looking out the windows on the window seat. I look down and I could see a massive freeway near the airport of the Melbourne airport. And I see this traffic jam going up the, up the freeway. And I saw this car that was trying to pull out onto the freeway, but it couldn't because of the traffic jam. My initial thoughts were, well, sucks to be you. And I was a little carnal, but I felt good for that moment. Just for a little bit. I'm so glad I'm up here, right? And then, here's the thing, from my, from, 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 from my vantage point, I looked down and I could, I could actually see that only just a couple of k's down was actually the traffic jam had stopped and there was a massive break. And I had this thought, oh my goodness, if only he could see what I see. This truck trying to pull out, if only he could see, maybe he would have the patience just to hold on a little bit longer. Maybe you realize that something is actually going to, maybe there is a breakthrough coming. And in the same way, Paul is saying, hey, I need you to trust right now that regardless of what it looks like in front of you, God sees what you don't see. God sees it. So you hear tonight, you're like, well, what's God is like? I don't really care what God's like, like right now because I'm going through this. And what you need to do is get your perception on the fact that God sees what you don't see. And he's telling you he is in control. He's all over it. He's not stressed about it. He sees it. And you need to trust that in due time, he's going to bring the breakthrough that you need, right? He's going to bring the thing that you need. But in the meanwhile, God, you're obviously forming something in me. So I'll trust the process. Secondly, he actually says, um, not only is Christ, like set your mind on things above, he says where Christ is seated. Oh man, I love this. I love this part. He's saying, I want you to actually pay attention to the posture of heaven. This is huge in, in really rejigging and reshaping our thoughts on God because the Bible says he is what? He is seated. Now, when you, when you, when you think about seated, we think, well, that's just, well, he's just comfortable. What's that all about? The idea of seating or a seated position in scripture was usually two things. 
It was a seat or a posture in which someone or a rabbi would teach, or it was also a position of authority. If you're an authority, you would sit. A king would sit to make his decrees. It was a position of authority. Do you realize, do you realize right now, Christ is seated. He's seated. Okay, here we go. I, I was, um, I'll put it to you this way. I was, um, years ago, my, my wife, uh, Alana, actually won an all-expenses-paid trip to go to, for safari in, in South Africa. So it was awesome. And, and when you get married, two, becomes, two become one, right? So guess what? I win as well. So, so we get to go together. And so we get to go to this place called Makutsi. It was a privately owned safari park. When we go to this place uh, called Makutsi, you, you drive in and it's unreal. There's animals everywhere. And this guy, Piers, he was our driver. He said, look, I'm, I'm going to take you uh, on, a, on a private drive, just you and your wife. It's going to be awesome. I said, thank you so much. So we're driving the car. It's in the middle of the day. He stops the car and he's like, shh, shh, be quiet. Look over there in the bushes. Be quiet. I said, what? what? What is it? And I look and there's a bush bark. He's like, shh, it's a bush bark. Be quiet. I said, okay, cool, great. So we look at that. We go around another corner. There's another bush bark. Shh, be quiet. There's a bush bark. Look over there, right there. I said, okay, cool, great. So I see another one. Anyway, he gets to another one. Shh, shh, be quiet. Okay, so I'm working on the accent. Is it all right? Okay, anyway, so he keeps going. He goes around another, cor- like another blind corner. He stops the car and he's like, shh, be quiet. Look over there in the grass. Right there in the grass. I said, I've watched a lot of it. Yeah, anyway, so... So I'm, I'm like, what? And I turn, and to my left, there's two young male lions, literally five meters, like to, to the end of the stage away from the car. I'm, it's open-air vehicle. I'm like, I see them. I'm like, oh, like this. And my wife's sitting next to me. I'm like, sweetheart, do you want to swap? <laughs> and so, <laughs> and, and, and I look at these lions, and I'm like, oh my, and I, fear just rose up in me. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then I look at Piers, and Piers is relaxed. He's just kind of smiling. It's good, eh? He's kind of got his leg up. He's just chilled. And then I look back at the lions. I'm like, oh. And then I look at Piers. I'm like, oh. I look at the lions. Oh. I look at Piers. Oh. I look at, oh. You know, like, this goes back and forth. I'm not the sharpest crayon in the box, right? But it goes back and forth for a little while. And then I had this thought, oh, my goodness. This is not Piers' first situation like this. Man, Piers has actually done this many times before. I can tell just from his posture. I can tell that he is actually relaxed. He is chilled out. And the more I look at him, the more peace rose up inside of me. But the more I looked at that, the more fear rose up inside of me. And what Paul is trying to say here, stop looking at the things in your life that are distracting you from the seated position of Christ. So some of you right now, your perception is, I keep looking at the things I cannot solve, the problems, I'm, the fear that's with, and you keep looking in that. And Paul is saying, stop letting your attention go there. Instead, look to Jesus. He's in control. Oh, really? Is he? Then what about this? And what about that? Hey, he's in control. i tell you what he's not doing. He's not pacing. Oh my gosh, like I didn't, I know I made those promises, but I didn't see that one coming. Like he's in control. So fix your eyes on things above where Christ is seated. And it's almost like God is saying, hey, um, so first things, these first two is saying, look, I want you to look at me. But as we start to land this plane, he's basically saying, now I want you to look at you because of what I've done. Catch this. So I want you to see me. I, I, I see what you don't see. Don't worry, I got under, I'm, I'm in authority. I got under control. Just chill out. But then he says, now I want you to look at you. And I want you to see who you are now because of what have I have done on your behalf. He says straight away, watch this, he says, for you have died and your life is now hidden in Christ. Some of you sitting there like, how is that good news? I came to church, I'm so glad I came tonight. That preacher guy was like, yeah, you're dead. Oh, that's encouraging. 
No, but you've got to catch this. Paul's actually saying, you've actually died because of Christ and what he did on the cross for you. That old life you once lived, guess what? You're dead to it. You're dead to it. Yeah. What, James, I, I, still don't, I still don't get it. You see, see what, what Paul is trying to say is this. Um, um, let me put it this way. Have you ever been to a funeral? Pretty much every person in this room would say, yeah, I've been to a funeral at some stage of my life. Sad occasions, everyone goes through them, unfortunately. But I don't know if you've ever been to a funeral and at the front of the cathedral or the hall where the funeral was taking place, there was a coffin. And have you ever been in that middle of that ceremony and someone bursts into the ceremony, disrupts everything, runs to the front and starts yelling at the coffin? Don't know if you've ever seen that. Trying to communicate with the coffin. Trying to, I, you owe me money. You're a jerk. I wanted you to know that. Like, that would be absurd. Would you agree? Why? Because there's no point in accusing a dead person. Now catch this. It's going to get a little deep for a moment. He's saying this, that there is an enemy to your soul. The devil, he hates you because you're made in the image of God. But guess what? When he comes to accuse you, once you've said yes to Christ, guess what? The old life he comes to accuse, all he finds is a dead person. And there's no point in accusing a dead person. He's like, what the heck? Like, what? hold on a sec. I came to like, put shame on them from all the things they've done in their past. What is this? This person's dead. What? Hold on a sec. And he can't accuse a dead person. And then Jesus is like, you know what? I've taken him one step further. Not only have you died, but I'm actually going to hide you with me. Oh, man, you're going to catch this. Ready? Ready? So, so basically, if I was to say this, like, watch this. Um, if I was to say to you, if you want this phone, you're going to have to come through me. <laughs> the fact that you're laughing right now, it's, it hurts. It hurts. It really does. But if I was just, you want that phone, you're going to come through me. You'd be like, well, I'll give it a, I'll give it a crack. But don't be fooled by this, okay? Because I'm like a wild animal. You push me in a corner, I'll scratch your eyes out. <laughs> Promise. Now, you, you would actually go, hey, I'll give it a go. But if I was to get now a heavyweight UFC champion fighter up onto the stage, hand the phone to him and say, well, here's, I'm going to ask you the same thing. Do you want this phone? And if you want this phone, you have to go through him. How many people are like, eh, you can keep it. I've already got my own. Now, now, here's the thing. When the devil comes to accuse you for the life you once lived, not only does he find the old you, the dead you, he's like, no, nah, he's got to be somewhere. She's got to be somewhere. Where, where, where are they? Where? And he starts to try and seek out where you are now. And Jesus, all he, all he can find is Jesus. Why? Because you are now, come on, you are hidden in Christ. And when he comes to bring accusation against you, all he can see is perfect, spotless, blemishless Christ. And Jesus says to him, if you want to get to them, you have to come through me. You have to come through me. So, so, so really, Paul is trying to mess in all the right ways with our perception. Right now, he's saying, I want you to see Christ for who he is, that he's in control, he's seated, he's in authority. But also, I want, to see, I want you to see who you are now in Christ. Because the truth is, some of you are like, man, I, I, I've still got all this stuff that I'm going through and all these things that I'm struggling with. And, I'm going, and, 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 and you need to be reminded of the finished work of Christ on your behalf, that that's not who you are anymore. You died. And your life is hidden with Christ. Yeah, but James, I still, I, still, I still struggle. I still got my sins and I still got my things that I relapse into. What's that all about then? Well, I'll put it to you this way. Have you ever um, moved house to a nearby suburb? And on your way home after a busy day, you actually pull up to your old address. You're like, oh, I don't live here. You see, um, when you and I say yes to Christ, we're a new creation in Him. And sometimes we relapse into the sin and the shame that, once th- that we once used to be and once used to do. And all that is, is you showing up at your old address. You don't live there anymore. That's not who you are. This is who you are now in Christ, a new creation. You see, as we finish here tonight, um, maybe, 
right now, um, the, the issue isn't the place you're at. Maybe, man, if I change this and I change, and, and we really, a lot of the changes that we try to make to our lives are typically external. Maybe if I change it, maybe if I change that relationship, that marriage, that thing, that work, maybe if I change church, whatever it is, we always try and make it external. And God's like, no, 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 stop, stop. It's not so much the place you're at, it's the perception you have. Like, let me transform your mind. Let me start to change it. Let me in on this. And some of you here today, you are so desperate for things to change. And I'm here to tell you, if you could have changed yourself, you would have done it by now. That means then we must need something beyond ourselves. And I want to submit to you that that's not just theory or some ethereal thing out there. No, it's God. And if you would let Him in, there's nothing He can't change. But he will start by changing this. Seeing him for who he really is. He's not distant, he's close. He's not hateful, he's loving. He's not condemning, he's caring. See him for who he really is. And we see that through the person of Christ. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were encouraged by what you heard and inspired to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. For more details, check out suncoast.org.au. Hope you can join us again on the next podcast or here at Suncoast Church.